<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> So, Branson, I have this idea for a new spacesuits for us. They have these really cool, like, switchblades on the elbows. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. All um, right, guys, I'm back from Med Bay. What's oh, up? Hey, John, welcome back. Yeah, You're looking good for a guy who almost died. Yeah, it turns out it wasn't a Giver suit. I just had a really big zit in the middle of my forehead. Oh, oh yeah, those are the worst. I get confused yeah. by those often. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I... I heard Branson abandoned the ship. Yeah, yeah, he was on an island for a minute. Uh, but you know, I recentered myself. I brought on the true Wu Fainus of it all. Okay, uh, so I you got... suck now. Ah, uh, no, I got past my broken mask thing. Hey, I just pulled a movie out of the trash can. Instead of talking about the Gundam Watch, uh, you guys want to watch talk about a movie? <laughs> By the way, you should listen to the Gundam Watch. <laughs> well, this went off what? the rails. I guess it's time to play the intro music. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous super-orbital spacecraft. Their mission? To conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Gundam fans and those who would like to become... Oh, this is the wrong podcast. Hello! Welcome to the bottom shelf. <laughs> I don't me, think that was scripted. I came out I so hard, too. Let me, let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> let me do that again. Hello, movie lovers and movie haters. Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, a podcast where every movie has a place on the shelf. This is a part of the Geek Devotions podcast network, a network of devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know your love. So if you don't listen past this moment, know this. We love you. We care about you. There is a plan and a purpose for your life. And ladies and gentlemen, I am joined aboard our mighty space station hovering above the planet Geekery by a fine crew of men who I wouldn't travel through space anytime and watch terrible movies every day with. Starting Are off they with, here? I, huh? thought, I thought this was my rotation. <laughs> Mr. Branson Boykin. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Hello, guys. I, I was a little confused there for a second. Wrong show, but we are on the bottom shelf, right? <laughs> yeah, we're on the bottom shelf. Okay, good. good. All right, cool. <laughs> then also joining us is our very own Viking of the ship, Mr. John Haru. And I'll be your DM this evening. Uh, so where we <laughs> left off last week. <laughs> We're all kinds of crazy right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brance is going to do a review multiple... for us here in a second. Yeah, yeah. let's review the, 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 the comic. This is what happens when you're on multiple podcasts. You get confused about which one you're doing. And then we're going to jump on over to Gospel by Gaslight. <laughs> which I did collect some audio for that today. Oh, so. good. Progress continues, yes. Sweet. I dig it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, taking a journey this month, and uh, we're going back, 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 I believe. Branson, you have the, the case with you, brother. What movie are we talking about today? We are talking about The Giver. MacGyver? Not to be confused I love MacGyver. With Mag no, no, not MacGyver. With, with the pocket knife and the duct tape? No, and the, that would be cool. And the battery and the paperclip. In the terrible Sadly, remake, yes, I don't. Oh, the, now the terrible remake might qualify for this show. <laughs> the TV show that it was based on would not. No, this isn't MacGyver. This isn't MacGruber? the guy that can. MacGruber. No, MacGruber. <laughs> I did an upper decker. <laughs> this is the Giver. Oh, it's based the off of Giver. A, it's based off of a Japanese manga 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's 80 sci-fi. I don't know if it was 80 sci-fi at its best. That is yet to be determined. But Homie, it was this movie this movie came out in 91, so I don't know where you're getting your 80s from. Oh, okay. Early well, 90s sci-fi. The anime, <laughs> the anime, I, I'm going to speak to this bad boy. The anime was was 80s. The manga was 80s. And if you watch the original uh, 80s anime, woo, doggy, that sucker had some texture to it. Uh, texture? Oh, yeah, man. You can see all kinds of film grain. Oh, do you not see oh. film grain? I thought uh, in the in. Are you talking about in the anime? Because you kept talking yes. about the anime. No, I didn't watch the eighties anime. No, I've, I mean just period. Like if you like when you look at anime animation over the years, you can tell what giant what uh, era it is by the film grain. I noticed that on Captain Harlock. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's crunchy like a bowl of granola without Ooh, milk, bro. Okay, man. so. I'm going to sound really, really stupid, but Captain Harlock was an 80s anime. Yeah, it was 70s. So the CGI Captain Harlock that I started watching a few days ago is not the original. Oh, no. God, no. Okay. Well, I'll but I like it. The... It's fun. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I stumbled across Bro, that the other day. Don't, it was interesting. Don't stop watching it just because it wasn't It wasn't the first. If you, well, if no, you I, like I stopped, it, watch I stopped, it. I stopped, I stopped watching it for other reasons, but the fact that it's oh. an older anime gives me hope. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm tracking with you. Well, what are we talking about today, man, with the Giver? Why don't you spur right. us up about what's in your hand? Let's see here. <clears throat> I'm going to channel my movie announcer voice because I miss that guy. In a so world. <laughs> we're going to bring him back. The Giver. Directed by the special effects artist behind Predator and the Abyss, Mr. Screaming Mad George, common writer, executive producer, and underworld special effects director Stephen Wong. Starring the man no one remembers, Jack Armstrong, the Joker himself, Mark Hamill, the Balls of Fury North Korean General, Greg Jong Pike, as well as Jimmy J.J. Walker, who finally moved on up, though he's questioning the side of town he's on. <laughs> an innocent college student is thrown into a world of bizarre adventure after finding the Giver, an alien device that transforms him into a powerful fighting machine. Mark Hamill from Star Wars stars as CIA agent determined to keep the secret device from falling into the hands of evil zoonoids, humans who mutate into monstrous soldiers. It's a sci-fi adventure at its best with epic battles between the forces of good and evil. All right. Sounds good to me. Let's check out some uh, community communications thanks to the beautiful world of podcasting. And if you would like to have some of your communications about these movies that we review, uh, check out the bottom shelf social medias and the Gundam Wing social media. But uh, let's see here. Uh, number one, if Venom was a good guy in a live action anime, but Venom was a Venom, good guy in the movies. I was gonna say I thought Venom was a good guy in the movies. Right. Like, that whole conversation. <laughs> there is a whole thing out there though about how the Giver and the Venom are basically the same movie. I could see that. Uh, maybe it's a whole thing it's like you got a, a random like young man whose life really isn't put together he's in love with a chick that you know he doesn't really connect with on it very well and all of a sudden he finds this alien technology that consumes him and then he has to like hide it from her but then he has to use it to save her and then there the bad guy uses another technology that's similar to it to fight him yeah that sounds like that fits more never mind I, i'm not supposed to know that yet <laughs> number two uh, we couldn't get MacGyver, so we got his cousin, the Giver. Hmm. Uh, we beat you to that joke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three, I always wanted that suit. That's fair. That was a good suit. I, I got to echo that. That was a cool looking suit. Include, included with the flop. I, wait, I'm not supposed to know that. Never mind. It's, I would say this because I know because I've read the manga and, and watched the anime. It's a sharp suit. So it's a he's a sharp dressed man. Hey, ZZ Top. Is that what ZZ Top wrote the song about? Exactly, man. That's all that was. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to say that comment play. A man falls face first into a world of power that another world loved to attain. Another would love to attain. That's a pretty good description of the movie, actually. That'd yeah. be better on the box. World of yeah. power. What? What is the suit made by Nintendo? <laughs> 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 number five it's the, the reason one. mark hamill switched to voice acting for good oh dang <laughs> you know i will say and i'm including star wars with this so come at me 
if you if this makes you mad but he, mark hamill is a much better voice actor than he is a live action actor okay, no, i would agree with that uh, don't get me wrong i love him as luke skywalker because because mm-hmm. that's like ultimate but as far as his but i was gonna go to get some power converters down at tashi station yeah yeah (laughs) whiniest line ever spoken in cinema and and let's not forget that he rocked out the leotard in the 90s when he was the villain of the flash so that's fair yeah uh one person said that they liked it because uh it broke the perception of mark hamill and showed me that he could be other characters than luke skywalker so that's, that's could he fascinating um seer <laughs> skipped shoulder day i don't get it because his shoulders were okay um number seven i have these killer sonic blades for my forearms but let's kick and chop instead <laughs> karate kid meets super sentai with mark hamill for giggles ah okay mm. that makes sense uh nine Poor attempt to capitalize on the hit uh, that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. You know, I, I, I could I could see that. I don't agree. But okay. <laughs> I don't agree, but I could see where someone might think that. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Especially help Turtles us. 2. <laughs> well, help us, Guyver Sean. You're our only hope. <laughs> Starring so- Mark Hamill in a supporting role. And yet his face is on the box. <laughs> no, you, you you didn't you you didn't say it with the with the proper uh, punctuation that's in there. It's starring Mark Hamill in a supporting role. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see Jimmy Walker is getting work after Good Times. It has it was made before CGI, which could have made it a huge hit. Could it? I did. Could it really? I, I, I will go on record as saying I'm one of those people that appreciate real effects over CGI. Right. Uh, now, CGI may help you to have a bigger uh, spread of, 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 of scenes and stuff like that, but I actually appreciate things looking like they're really there. So I get that. Yeah. All right. John, you got any trivia for us? Oh, I got some. There's not a lot for this movie because I don't think a lot of people actually saw this movie. Um. This film featured over 50 creature effects during its production. Um, Jeffrey Coombs in this movie played Dr. East. In The Reanimator, which was in 1985, he played a character named Dr. West. Mm. His boss here, his boss here in this movie is played by David Gale, who played the villain in Reanimator. So there's uh, a connection there. Nice. Um, the character Lisker is named for uh, Oswald A. Lisker, a character from the original Japanese comic who was a martial arts expert who tried to stop the Giver using another Giver. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, that's all the trivia I could really find. That's yeah, fair. Not a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Um, any expectations for you boys going into this? cards on the table i've actually seen this before now it's been a good long while mm-hmm. cards on the um, table all of us have seen this one before i yeah. think yeah yeah uh i will say that i actually saw guyver 2 first because uh i watched it when it came on the sci-fi channel back when the sci-fi channel was a brand new thing oh wow yeah and uh i i thought it was like a, a power rangers knockoff but i was in the power rangers so i was like "Ooh, that looks cool so uh I saw the second movie first and then years later watched the first movie just so, you know, the completionist in me said, if I've seen part two, I've got to see part one. And when I watched it, I remember being disappointed Mm. with the tone the first one had as opposed to the second one. But I'm going to try to, as it has been discussed on the show before, cleanse the palate, go in with zero expectation, appreciate it for what it is. That's very big of you. I appreciate that. Mr. How are you? Yes, sir. Any expectations? <laughs> uh, like Branson, I have seen this movie before, um, although my experience with this was probably closer to the time when it originally came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, during my summer vacations, when I was back in school, um, I used to like to sit on the couch as long as I could and just watch TV all day, like, your typical 90s american yes preteen and teen um 
and we had HBO at my house. So I would watch a lot of HBO during the day right. and the guyver came on HBO and I caught the last half of it. And I'm like, that was neat. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. And then I never saw it again. <laughs> um, I, all I remember is there's a guy in a mask and some teenagers. And I remember and that breaks, you can't be friends anymore. And <laughs> wrong podcast again, Branson. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, and I, you, you just threw my train of thought so hard. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. A uh, guy in a mask. Oh yeah. And I remember trying to read about it, trying to, figure out how to watch it at some point and every place i looked into it had always categorized it on some level as horror mm -hmm. which has always piqued my curiosity so i'm i'm hopefully interested if if, if that's a thing yeah i yeah. think that the uh, horror is because um mad no, no, george no, 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 no spoilers no spoilers it's not spoiler i'm just saying mad george worked on it i don't know who mad george is he worked on he did the 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 creature work stuff for nightmare on Elm street. Mm. So he did a lot. Of, like he did the abyss, which I love the abyss greatly. That is a mm. great movie. Um, um, just because of the amount of practicals it, they did for that. But, um, for me, like you, I saw it as a young man shortly after it came out, uh, on HBO. <laughs> My uh, man, the more, <laughs> the more we do this, I'm like, why weren't we hanging out in high school outside the fact that there's about 2000 miles between us? Indeed. But I, I watched like it. Um, I watched it um, at a friend's house. Also only caught the last half of the movie. This is getting weird. Um, were we friends? Did you live in Corpus Christi at one point in time? No. Okay. No, but I, I did. I did write a, write a short, a short horror story in high school called the Texan book of the dead that takes place in Corpus Christi. Oh, wow. That's getting weird now. Okay. See, so John was, John was sitting in his bedroom one night and he was saying, so out there chill five beneath the Texan sky. Someone's watching the second half of Giver tonight. Okay, so anyways, I was watching it, and the imagery of this, um, this was my, how do I put this, how do I put this? I would say that this was my first tokusatsu uh, to, that I ever saw. Um, Your first what now? Tokusatsu. <laughs> I didn't want to sound stupid, but I have no clue what you just said. No, no, it's all good. Um, so tokusatsu is a... Um, it's a style of Japanese storytelling and generally has uh, it, the ridiculous characters wearing superheroes wearing costumes and monsters. And they're just, they're very practical creature feature or effects. Uh, Power Rangers is technically a tokusatsu. Oh, okay. So this is at my, probably my first tokusatsu I ever saw. So like uh, Kamen Rider, Ultraman. Exactly. Okay. All those. Um, I, I have vague memories of watching old episodes of Ultraman, but I can't put them in time and space. Um, so this is probably my very first tokusatsu I ever saw in my life. It stuck with me. I drew the Giver many, many times over the years as a child on notebooks, on papers, um, in the margins of school books. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Green County uh, public school system. Um, so, but, um, nobody knew what it was. I would talk about this movie and go, yeah, there's this movie called the Giver. And people were like, what is that? Like they thought I was making it up. And <laughs> another so, one of those movies for you. another one of yeah. those movies for me. So <laughs> finally working at Hastings, I found it and hold I was on, like, hold yes, hold on. moment of silence for Hastings.
Amen. And so <laughs> we, we um, I bought it because I was like, I have to justify, I have to, I have to explain this to people. So I actually had the director's cut personally. And so I'm going in knowing this is not a good movie, but I feel justified watching it because nobody believed me that it was real. And I was trying to tell you for years it was. So that's where I'm at with this, boys. All right. All right. All right. Well, let's just do this and watch it. I All can't right. think of something interesting. <laughs> Insert transition here. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Well, there was some horror and madness and that wasn't there, guys. I now understand what bad freestyle rap sounds like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking about dinner. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we just came out of the viewing chamber. Um, we're going to start off with some spoiled free thoughts, and then we're going to give our spoiled thoughts on the film. So let's jump into it. Spoil free. I want to throw this out there. My first spoil free. I actually appreciated, as hokey as they were at times, the practical costume effects. There are moments where, like, this is genuinely creepy, especially for an early 90s film. I was like, okay, I can see there was some talent in this going on. Yeah, okay. the, the rubber suit effects in this movie were really good. They didn't, it didn't so much hit me like a rubber suit mm-hmm. until the monsters started talking and their mouths didn't move. Yeah, that was awkward. Yeah. And then I'm but, just like, mm, you lost me. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of awkward at times. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I appreciated the practical effects because uh, if I mean, if, if this movie had been made 10 years later, it have been CGI everything. And uh, and I think it would have suffered for it. Well, honestly. ten years later it would have been two thousand one, and we know the pinnacle of two thousand one CGI was the Dwayne the Rock Johnson's cameo at the end of the Scorpion, uh, <laughs> the second Mummy movie. Yes, yes. So yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> we know what that would have looked like. Yes, yes. Exactly. Proving my point right there. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, so. so yeah, I I enjoyed the practical effect of it that the monsters at least to some extent looked real. Like yeah. I could actually touch the scales and things like that. The, the, the other thing that kept taking me out of the movie was every time the Giver would start fighting and his elbow blades were out, they would wobble. They would wobble. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, it was like watching the fingers in battlefield earth. <laughs> so are you foreshadowing your, your thoughts on the movie? No, I'm just you saying that I, kept, Earth? I, I keep, I keep, <laughs> I kept seeing it. And I was just like, ah, that is a, that is one of those things about tokusatsu at its core, especially or like nineties ones. There was a level of like, you have to suspend your, your belief to, uh, to the reality to, to really get into it because there's always a hokey thing. Like the walls shaking or moving, you know, the costume, like, there's an opening and you see that my dude's wearing Adidas underneath his, uh, the scaled boots he's wearing, you know? And so, or the Giver suit melts away and you're supposed to be naked underneath, but you're wearing tennis shoes. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, so there was, you know, now that you mentioned that, cause one of the things I was going to say is I hated how the henchmen couldn't decide if they were serious or goofy mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. But you, now that I know what, was it tokusatsu mm-hmm. now that i know what tokusatsu is and i'm reflecting on power rangers episodes i've watched and, and ultraman episodes i've watched that does kind of seem like that is a trope for that style of storytelling the the henchman monsters are always kind of goofy like mm-hmm. babu and squat and power rangers they're supposed to be villains but they can't find their way out of a paper bag yeah you know so yeah. i guess while i didn't appreciate it for the story I, I really wanted the bad guys to be really bad right i guess it makes sense that they did them that way mm-hmm. so you know you know who really made this movie for me though who's that, that? jimmy walker yeah <laughs> i i every time <laughs> i loved him 
I loved him. I'm like, I love this character. I want to see a movie about this character. I'm down with this. I, I, I'm with you. He was he was funny. Um, and that was the thing is like it, it felt like it was Jimmy Walker. Like he's like, OK, there's your script. Cool. I'm going to say something funny and uh, make people laugh for a moment. Well, that's what he does. Like, and, and, and it, okay. So this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I got it. I got to talk about it before I forget about it again. The fact that they utilize at the end of the movie, they utilized his, his catchphrase. Dynamite. <laughs> I loved that so much. And as an adult, I get that when I first saw this movie, I wouldn't have understood that because I didn't know what good times was. Right. Totally get that. I totally get that. Um, I will say this as someone who at the time I did not know this, but now that somebody who's watched um, one of the eighties animes, the modern anime and read some of the manga, the tone shift is so weird. And the movie itself struggled with this. There were times where it was so serious and dark, but then there was so comical like power Rangers. Like which it threw me off yeah. at times, the yes. comic, the animes, they're not, they're not comp there's there's moments but they're not this especially the the one from the 80s i watched it was like oof this is dark dark and this movie it struggled with its tone because i and i'm not sure why they made this decision to do it this way as much but like there was cartoon sound effects in it um jim walker again it, it, i loved his parts but it took the tone away so often yeah and I think that was my biggest complaint about it was I didn't know if we were being serious because like mm -hmm. you had serious moments like where uh, the Giver unit first activates and mm -hmm. I'm probably getting into spoilers now. Sorry. Uh, but I mean, that whole sequence right there is very, very serious. And I think that may be part of John, you were mentioning earlier about it being horror. That might have been part of what made it horror was that moment. Mm -hmm. It's body horror, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then you had, you know, uh, then you had those moments where uh, Jimmy Walker's Zoonoid is freestyle rapping, you know, or he accidentally stumbles into a movie set and they think he's the monster for the film, you know. What? What? <laughs> You're supposed to be afraid of her, not the other way. Right. I said that backwards. <laughs> Let me go. Into She's spoilers. supposed to be afraid of you, not Thank you of you. her. Yes. I, I overthought that. I overthought that and then messed it up. Okay. You you rethink that. Let's go to spoilers. Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Right, Our camel dies at the end. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's in the show, and folks. What a stupid, pointless. <laughs> death how much money did they spend on the effects for him to turn into a zonoid and die a that really cool zonoid too that effect yes. as a whole traumatized me as a kid i i had vivid memories of that mark hamill deform and it tripped me out for decades and it was really well done it was just got really really weird especially when he was holding his head like a like a weird puppy like that was really weird <laughs> the weirdest thing of that whole thing was that it had human eyes yeah, yeah like if it had bug eyes it would have been less scary yeah, yeah but the fact that it had human eyes was weird yeah, yeah. is that that like the uncanny valley effect because like it's almost me but it's not me at the same yes. time yes yeah, my wife gets that really bad there was a in the news like years ago there was a dog that made just the one of those curiosity articles that a picture of it it had a strikingly human face mm. i and every so often i'll send a picture of it to my wife just to upset her <laughs> that's terrible oh, wow it, that's terrible it's 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 how i flirt i'm one of those, I'm one of those guys <laughs> throw rocks at girls pull their hair send them yeah, disturbing that, pictures that was me yeah, yeah. <laughs> send, send, send them threatening love letters oh and she loves you anyway. Park in front of their house all hours of the day. <laughs> Stand outside with the stereo speaker. <laughs> that was weird too. So, all right, let's talk about that death because that was a it was a weird thing, but also explain uh, some of their like 
the 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 way that the work that transformation aspect because he said he goes he wasn't in the juice long enough so like like in a way like the guilt i i, I almost wanted him to play with that with the idea of sean and miski being the reason that he died like i wanted that to come back somehow i'm going if we had not pulled him out when we did he would have lived that it just that is indicative of i think something i've thought oftentimes throughout this movie is it's like they took a bunch of stuff that they said hey this would be really cool let's throw that in there and oh this would be really cool let's throw that in there and hey let's have mark hamill turn into a zonoid yeah let's throw that in there and they had this mixed bag of things they thought would be really really cool and then they said okay now we have to write a story that connects all these things together (laughs) i'm just trying to figure out who at the who at the party said hey let's have mark hamill on the cover and make it look like he's the guyver (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, as as a person who has worked at hollywood video i can tell you that is a common tactic in the movie industry when you have a cast full of c-listers but you have one random a-lister that's identity that people can identify you put them on the cover even if they're not doing anything there was a movie that came out back in the mid-2000s and uh Morgan Freeman was front and center on the cover. He was the biggest thing on the cover. Like, oh my gosh, Morgan Freeman movie. Let's get it. And people did. People rendered the mess out of that movie for about three weeks until the word got out that he's only in it for two seconds. Literally walks on screen, <laughs> says one line and walks away. So that's just think- a, that's a, that's a, that's a standard of the industry. I don't know, but it, it feels like a lie. Cause they made it feel, they made it look like he was the giver and he yeah. is not. And it's just like, okay, easy problem to fix swap their roles ta-da <laughs> right right i totally get that i totally get that um i will say this about because you brought the whole storytelling aspect of it and it felt like it was random uh, again i did not know this when i went into this originally years ago but having seen a couple of the animes and read some of the comics i'm surprised at the number of story beats and nods to the original source material that they had Basically, every time there's a rogue scientist within the Kronos Corporation who has um, the unit and trying to escape, trying to get it out, there's always a character who finds it and um, he's kind of like always kind of the nerdy outcast. Like in the uh, the, the 2000s anime, uh, he, he's part of the sci-fi club and they watch sci-fi movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds and, like that kind of guy. Right. Now, interesting thing, Miski um, and her father, they are paralleled to the original anime. Um, their last name is the same last name as the protagonist's best friend and his sister, who helped him throughout the anime and the, and the manga. And so I thought that was interesting. Mm. I have a question about the, the scientist and his daughter. Yes. If the scientist is a zoonoid, yes. is his daughter also a zoonoid? No. I would I would say, let me speak to that. It depends on if he was a zoonoid when she was conceived. So human beings turn are made into zoonoids. Right. Okay. They weren't zoonoids originally. No, no they were there there was an experiment on them to turn them into that. I see. Okay. That clears up a couple of things because I was really curious. Like I thought that was a, an unexplored thing was she finds out her father turns into the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever. And at no point does she say, can I do that? I mean, because there were a couple of moments where if she had claws and teeth and, you know, a horn coming out of her head or something like that, that might have been useful. Yeah, she right. wouldn't have been such a useless character. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's she was Mi- the, they're experimental. <laughs> Miski is very much the uh, Rulena of this movie. I gave you that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. The always in trouble. I'm here for the plot point to go forward. Uh-huh. Yeah, she yeah. didn't do much help at all. Her, her her purpose was to be the motivation for Sean to chase the Zonoids around. Pretty much. That was it. Because otherwise he'd have no reason to chase them around. Mm-hmm. You know? So I thought the fight scenes in this were kind of weak also. Some of the... You did? The, some of them were. There were a couple that were... But some of them, like, between the Zonoids, like, especially in that first half, I was like... They're just flailing, and I I was really frustrated with Home Dude's judo, um, yeah. Aikido. Like, yeah, it was it was not good, 
And <laughs> we're coming off the back end of a summer full of martial arts films. Right. So my and so I'm going, yeah. Oh, oh that's that's not good. What's like happening? his fighting stance that he does where he's like got yeah. his hands as far away from his face <laughs> as possible. <It's> like <laughs> That's not going to do anything, dude. I understand why I got hit in the face so much. <laughs> well, that's just that's just part and parcel for action movies starring Mark Hamill. <laughs> that's true. Well, here, here's the thing. Like, th- this ties together. Just follow along this train of thought with me. But okay. like, as a kid, when you saw return, when you saw the original Star Wars trilogy back when there was only three movies, mm-hmm. and you're like, the action in this movie was amazing. And you grow up and you watch the standard for action movies increase and increase and increase. And you have this memory of Star Wars being amazing. And then in the late 90s, George Lucas re-released the Star Wars movies. And you go in the theater and you watch them. And it's just two dimps on a movie screen batting batons together back yeah. and forth until so it was time for somebody to die. And it's just like, wasn't that great? The final um, fight between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader when I was a kid was epic. And when I became an adult, it was like, especially after actually being in a fencing class and understanding the ins and outs of fencing, I was like, this is terrible. They yeah. both would have died at this point. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't expect a lot in the action scenes. And quite frankly, I wasn't shocked that Homeboy couldn't fight without the Giver suit because it was completely obvious that was not him in the Giver mm-hmm. suit in real life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I, 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 you could say that pretty much about anybody who's who gets rubber suited in this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the rubber suit in this is definitely better than the rubber suit in the uh, 1990 whatever Captain America movie. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. It, that, True I, that. I, you know, the comment earlier about I was one of that suit. It's a cool suit. Like legitimately. Like I'm, I got screen pictures of it. And like this sucker looks bad to the bone. Like, yeah. like if this guy like was dropped in Power Rangers, Power Rangers would die. Yeah, yeah. Like if if Rita had made that her Green Ranger, bro, the Power Rangers would have lost. Branson, do you remember the evil alien Power Rangers? Though they were the Psycho Rangers. Yes, dude. This his suit kind of looks like it. Hang on, his suit kind of looks like the Psycho Rangers. And now I gotta wonder if that was on purpose. What kind of movie did you say this was again? Uh, Dallas. Uh, it's an American Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu. Okay, if you dig Tokusatsu, I haven't seen this yet, but it's on my to-watch list. Mm-hmm. There was a, I, and I haven't seen much of anything about this movie, so take this recommendation with a grain of salt. Okay, but I have been told that the movie that came out a few years back called Psycho Goreman, Psycho Goreman, mm-hmm, was kind of like Power Rain, uh, like a Power Rangers movie for adults. I've pulled up screenshots of it and yeah, I would, it kind of looks that way. So I'm just kind of kicking that one down the line to people who would appreciate it. It's on looks my like two watch have list. the same budget as uh, the movie we're watching <laughs> right now. <laughs> so oh, maybe just not as good. It was an indie movie. So yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I respect that. So I will say this, um, this had, I, I'm sure that audiences in Japan were, disgusted with what we did here in the states with this but as they often are with when we take japanese properties i've yeah. watched a lot of um japanese comedy horror movies over the years mm-hmm. and um this is some of the effects and some of the way they did things is kind of on par and it's it there were moments where i genuinely laughed at this movie just because it was ridiculous um uh, not as much as i have other movies obviously but I thought it was fun. I will say that one of the most ridiculous scenes was the uh, the gang scene at the beginning of the movie when they were like picking yep. on Sean. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Ain't no, ain't nobody here for you. No, Matt's out here for you, homeboy." I'm like, "Bro, that was the most forced cholo I've ever seen in my life." So it was like, "This is how street people talk. You should say this." <laughs> It's like they got these cats for like they're just trying to make rent because for their while they're going to Juilliard and they're like we need you to act like thugs and they're like oh indubitably I shall do that yes Hawk and by the way sir there are no mats here for you to land on (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh gosh. so well 
Any more thoughts on the movie as a whole, guys? <laughs> I think the fact that we are pretty much done with <laughs> yeah. our thoughts on this movie already yeah. says a lot. Like, th- like we have dumpster fired movies that we spoke about for two hours. This this movie is like a fart in a fan factory. It, it doesn't stick <laughs> yeah. around for very long. <laughs> yeah, it it's kind of like when you describe it, it's like kid gets power suit, kid fights monsters, kid, kid dies, wins. comes back, fights yeah. monsters again and wins. I've been rejected by death. And this movie, it doesn't even make a, a an hour and a half either. Let, let's let's put it out there. This, yeah. this was this was a short movie, mm-hmm. um, so it it doesn't shock me that we didn't we didn't have a whole lot to say about it because there wasn't a whole lot on display. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, a lot of a lot of the actors in here are, are kind of one offs for me. Like, other than Mark Hamill, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like you see him in here and you never see him again. The guy who plays the big bad in this movie, by the way, I forgot to mention this um this movie came out the same year he died so there's that wow yeah wow that's so sobering we watched the director's cut uh as a team it uh, just because there's always a question like what's the difference between the director's cut and um the one that was uh was put out for people on vhs um or i'm sorry the theatrical version uh first off the text prologue at the beginning wasn't there in the original version Oof. which i really appreciate that set up the world yeah. for me i thought yeah. that was a great thing to add yeah and, you need that oh not yeah. only not only that but you know you got mark hamill in the movie you got to have the text crawl <laughs> yeah exactly right um some slightly things like the text was different for the guyver um there's some more dialogue uh when Max tells Misky about her father's death. So that was a, a shorter conversation in the original version. Uh, the scene where shortened that, I mean, that there wasn't a lot to cut out there. I mean, I, I don't know if you just want your dad's dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh Again. no, let's kiss. <laughs> Mark Hamill, not the other guy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the scene where Balkus it makes Lisker punch himself. Uh, has music in the theatrical cut uh, and in the VHS version there is no music present so apparently they there was some sort of comical music behind when he was beating himself up which I'll say that scene where he's like pulling at his face that was kind of yeah. creepy watching that was if I would have had if I would have had comical music during that part I think I might have turned the movie off I would have been yeah. like yeah. okay that's stupid yeah yeah because uh, having the 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 intense music, the intense moment, it made me think he was gonna like make him pluck his own eye out or something. Like right? That. <laughs> yeah, like I was expecting something bad to happen. So if you were playing comical music, that right? Yeah, that yeah. was a good move on that part to to do yeah. that for the director's cut. Major scene transitions in the director's cut are accompanied by slashes going across the screen with a two note techno theme. Uh, none of these are in the nerves. VHS cut. Those got on my nerves. I, I was, yeah. was kind of. It felt mm-hmm. a little bit like I was watching a Saturday morning show. Like I, I felt yes. like I was watching a Power Rangers, except it wasn't Power Rangers. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. Three violent scenes are not in the so-called director's cut. Oh yeah, the uh, there was one scene I I read about this. Uh, there was one scene where the Giver rips the dude's arms off, mm. which uh, was. Which would have been great because that was actually a key point in the first issue and the first episodes of the anime. Yeah, and they decided it was too violent and too gory for the movie, and so they edited it out. Hmm. But they decided to include it in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. We don't talk about that movie here, sir. That that, <laughs> that movie doesn't exist. Right, sorry. That's fair. That's fair. So, but yeah, so those are some of the main differences. So, all right. Well, let's line it up, guys. Uh, Dallas is just like, I'm trying to extend it, but there's nothing really to talk about. Yeah, exactly. I just want to hurry up and get to the second movie. (laughs) Let's just get this one out of the way. John, uh, what's our rating system, bud? Okay. So we got four ratings that we do on this show. I'm not reading from the script because quite frankly, I you guys have heard me say this before uh top shelf is i need to own this i need to have a copy of this for myself because i want to watch this with some kind of frequency middle shelf is eh, 
maybe if it's free and I don't got nothing better to do. Bottom shelf is probably not. Not going to get on other people who like it, but it's not my cup of tea and I don't want to watch it again. And the dumpster fire, which is this movie needs to cease to exist. And I'm going to go out of my way to make people never watch it. All right. Well, Branson, how are you putting this? In truth, like I said, I had seen this before. I thought I was going to bottom shelf it. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily going to try to convince people not to watch it. I just wasn't going to watch it myself. But after seeing it again, and remember, I saw Guyver 2 first. Right. And then went back and saw this movie. And thinking back, I watched Guyver 2. It made references to this movie. And I, at no point, felt like I was lost. This movie is utterly useless. The fact that Mark Hamill is on the cover advertised as the Guyver when he is, in fact, not the Guyver. <laughs> I just, I, I'm losing any redeeming quality about this film at all. And I'm not one to gravitate towards this rating. I don't like to use it often, but if I'm being honest with, oh no, with the way the writings are described, wow. I got a dumpster fire this. Wow. wow. I did I, I not just, expect that from you, homie. I expected I, bottom I, shelf at most from you. I, I, I thought I was going to bottom shelf it too, but seriously, th- this movie is pointless. You could watch Guyver 2 and not watch this movie and not miss a beat. Everything you need to know in this movie, they repeat in Guyver hang, 2. Hang, hang on, Branson? Yes. Is your whole frame of, of rating this movie in contrast to the Guyver 2? No. Okay. No, no, no. It, it's not. It's it's you just, just keep saying Guyver 2 a lot. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> it's because I want to hurry up and get to that one. But no, honestly, I, I this movie serves no purpose. I, I I would tell people, don't watch this movie. Go watch the anime. Go read the manga. If you are interested in Guyver, there are other property, there are other shows out there that are actually good. Don't bother with this one. So I'm gonna dumpster fire it. All right, John. I am shocked. <laughs> right? <laughs> Did not uh, expect that turn around. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a movie to put on when you got nothing better to do for me. I'm giving it a heavy middle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to put this one on the middle shelf. Uh, I enjoyed this. It was, it was, uh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoyed this on the same level that I enjoyed battlefield earth. Oh, um, in that I didn't take it seriously. It was just a mm-hmm. popcorn munching way to kill time. Well, actually in this case it was, I got to watch it for a podcast, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dislike it. Um, I probably won't pay money for it, but if it's ever on a streaming service and I don't got anything better to do in an afternoon, I'll pop it on. All right. There you go. All right. Well, for me, gosh, you guys put me in, hard situation no i didn't no we didn't just vote your heart dude don't it's not a top shelf film plain and simple i think we can all agree it's not top shelf no um now i own it oh i had i had i'm sorry dallas i'm interrupting but there there was there was a thought i did have when i was watching this movie that just reoccurred to me that i need to get out there the two real villains in this movie were the writer and the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, if this film was better written and better casted, it would have done a whole lot better. That I agree with wholeheartedly. A, this needs a reboot. Certainly, certainly a possibility. Sorry, uh, I, I I stepped on you, Dallas, and I apologize for that. But I had to get that out. It's all good, man. It's all good. Um, I'll say this about the uh, the director or the writer of this. Uh, he also wrote. Nothing I've seen. So, uh, <laughs> I um, like I said, this is not a top shelf film. I do own this though. Like I actively sought this movie out and bought it once I saw it to justify the fact that this has been in my psyche for twenty five years. At that point, um, the Guyver has stuck with me for a very, very long time. I have known about him. When I saw the anime, I got excited because I was like, "Oh, this is a thing." Um, Dallas is like those Bigfoot hunters. I've got a picture. I got a picture. <laughs> it's all blurry. <laughs> um, I'm going to place this on the middle shelf. Also, I think that's I. I I have watched this multiple times. If it's on, I'm like oh, this is cool because it's ridiculous. 
again, there were moments that I genuinely laugh at. It's not like rolling over laughing, but I had fun with it. Uh, I thought this, I think the story is interesting. I think the world is interesting. I like Branson. There's better ways to get introduced to this world. Um, I think this is probably the, the cleanest version to get into this world. Cause I think everything else is a lot more violent. Um, but this was, I have fun with this movie. So ladies and gentlemen. I, yeah. Can I interject something just real quick, just in, in an effort to not necessarily defend, but yeah, we'll call it defend my <laughs> a personal pet peeve of mine is when you take properties that are intended to be serious mm. and you treat them comically. Mm. I like I understand that. Uh Seth Rogan's Green Hornet, I hated with a passion. That's because fair. Because I've seen the old TV shows where Green Hornet was given a serious treatment. So the this difference movie... is the jokes in this movie were actually funny, whereas nothing Green Hornet was. <laughs> Regardless of whether the jokes were funny or not, it, it is a pet peeve of mine to take a property that's supposed to be serious. That's fair. And give it the funny treatment. And, and so that was very off-putting for me. I, I, I can respect that. Um, my only response to that is this was my first step into the property. I didn't even know it was a manga until probably this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the, this is all, you know, this movie was all I knew about the Giver until we yeah. started this project so that's fair that's fair well ladies and gentlemen from us here at the bottom shelf we are officially giving the giver a middle shelf rating disputed disputed but it's still there it's right there on the shelf i'm looking at it right there <laughs> i know I'm I, I, I'm, j- I'm just giving respect to branson's <laughs> dissident we just Thank have you. to make sure Branson doesn't have matches when he's around it that's all it is <laughs> <laughs> so. we'll keep, we'll, lighter fluid We'll 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 keep it we'll keep it in your room, Dallas. <laughs> okay, that's where it's been forever. Anyway, so um, that being said, we want to hear from you guys. How do you rate it? Let us know. Reach out to us on our social medias. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, and um, we don't have Twitter. So Facebook and Instagram. Just look for the bottom shelf. Let us know. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some weak connections. This is a weak connection. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Week Connection. This is a portion of the show where we take some portion of the movies we watch, good, bad, and different, and we try to pull out some positive aspects to let you know you're loved, you're cared for, that there's a plan and purpose for your life. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what we're going to do today. Jim, uh, you guys got any Week Connections? No, Dallas. We were supposed to assign people to the Week Connections. That's on that the watch. watch. Oh, I thought we were doing that for here, too. No. <laughs> My bad. I'll shut up. I don't got the a week. Theme connect- of today's episode is which show are we actually on? <laughs> the, the name of this episode is called Who Am I Here? <laughs> Who am I? That was a good movie. I like that movie. Uh, the oh, Stepfather? Gosh. You saw The Stepfather? No. Who Am I? Oh, no. Jack Who Jack. Am I? Who Am I Here is a line from The Stepfather. So oh, I never watched that. It was an old 70s slasher flick. But oh, I digress. Okay. I don't have a weak connection for this episode or the next one because I was waiting to be assigned. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something will, will hit you while we're talking. I'm going to kick us off, I guess. Go for uh, it. There's a scene in the movie where Sean shows up at Minsky's house and he's like, he's like wanting to talk to her because he's in love with her. And, uh, and he looks up and he sees uh, Mark Hamill creepily standing behind the, the, mirror, uh, the door with the mirror. And he goes, well, fine. And he leaves just angry at that moment. And Mark Hamill's like, that's a terrible place to put a mirror. Well, screw you, man. That's where she wanted to put it. So, but that being said, um, his, his radical just like jump up and leave. Like he didn't give moment. He didn't give pause. He was just quick to, to, to be angry. This is a reaction that we have in society a lot. I know that I've dealt with at times where maybe I see a situation and instead of taking time to process it and ask it, I, I, I've knee jerked like, when instead of pausing and going, well, what's really happening? What's the context of the situation? Why is this happening? You know, if we, uh, we can't just judge a situation by one moment. We have to look at the context of everything. And I'm reminded of a passage that's in the, the, the Bible, James 1, 19. Uh, you know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Now everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And in that, um, 
passage in that verse that we have right there. Um, it's a really simple formula to dealing with life, to dealing with what's taking place when we come across situations. We need to be quick to hear people, hear why, why things are happening, what's taking place in a person's life that they're responding this way. And we need to be slow to speak because so often we're quick to just, well, fine, you know, or say something quip, uh, quick and, and, and maybe hurtful. And we're also very quick to, to get angry with people get angry, not just with people, but situations in life. And the reality is that while anger itself is not necessarily a bad thing, when we allow it to control us, when we allow it to, to drive us, it blinds us to being able to hear what's happening and make wise decisions. So my encouragement for you guys is as you go through life, again, it's understandable. Nobody's going to say that, you know, you shouldn't ever get angry, but when you do slow down, be quick to listen. To what's taking place around you don't speak don't open your mouth so quickly but really take time to listen so that when you do speak you're not speaking death you're not speaking more harmful things but you're speaking life you're speaking hope into a situation and if it is a bad situation that you're speaking into perhaps you can you because you've been slow to go through this process can speak hope in life that will correct it in a, in a proper way so that is my weak connection cool ranson you got anything uh can i just say ditto <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I was going to scrape to find something, but I think I'd rather just point people to your weak connection and say, yeah, listen to what he said. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, that's my weak connection for us, guys. It's, you know, slow down, listen. Um, you know, we don't get angry at Branson for putting things on fire. That's okay. <laughs> I haven't put it on fire yet. I just said it should be. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I believe that's pretty much all we got here for us, guys. So where can we find you fine gentlemen out there in the interwebs? All right. Well, when I'm not uh, <laughs> when I'm not rating bad movies on the bottom shelf or watching Gundam anime on the Gundam watch, I am over at the Solid House podcast where we take a look at the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus and try to apply it to our lives in a practical way. Uh, I'm also currently working on the second half of the audio drama podcast, Gospel by Gaslight. Uh, just finished the first draft for episode six this morning and also collected some audio. So work is continuing on that. I hope to start producing these episodes and getting them out sometime this year uh i appreciate everyone's patience and waiting for this to finish up but i want to say i promise it is coming uh it'll be out there as soon as i can get everything collected sounds good you're fired <laughs> yeah I, I, I mr how are you yeah i'm everywhere mm -hmm. i have a bajillion podcasts and projects and i write articles for geek devotions and I maintain, uh, I do a lot of stuff. I have a, I have a link tree down below. Go look at it. If you're interested, uh, get involved. You know, I, you know, I would direct you to my stuff, but quite frankly, I would rather see people just interact with us on whatever level instead. If you want to listen to more stuff, great, but I'd really rather just talk with you guys. So head on over to the discord, go onto the Facebooks, um, all that. I want interaction. Because if you interact with us, who knows? You might influence what we watch on the bottom shelf. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I got a little bit Jeff Goldblum there. I'm sorry. A little bit. It, he, he, he pops out from time to time. Oh, Branson, you're, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. After, after campaign one on playing games with strangers, we're, <laughs> doing, we're doing a mini campaign of Monster of the Week. And my character is going to be my Jeff Goldblum impersonation. Oh, Lord. Check out playing games with strangers at playing games with and i'm dallas uh find me at geekdevotions.com but like uh john said interact with us take part in the community again uh the bottom shelf is part of the geek devotions network so if you guys want to hang out with those of us who are part of the show uh head over to our discord channel or go to uh the devoted geek life facebook group or just interact with us on social media through our Instagram and our Facebook and let us know what you guys think of the show. How have you encouraged you? How's it, you know, inspired you? What have you laughed at? What have you not laughed at? What made you cry? Um, and if we made you cry, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what I'm happened. Not. You deserve uh, it. 
Yeah, so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.